Hello and welcome to this podcast with Pastor Tony Paolo, recorded live at Restoration Church of Rhode Island. Enjoy today's message. You guys ready to hear the word? Let's hear the word. Thank you, Lord, for your word that is a light unto my path and a lamp unto my feet, Father. Thank you. God's, I've had to really look at God's faithfulness and look at it as a shield. So that's the title of my message. In fact, last week when I was preaching, I kind of let a little, a little bit slip out last week. Um, just for me, this was a revelation that the Lord uh, showed me and it really helped me in understanding God's movements in my life. And, uh, and I'm reading from Psalm 91, which we all know Psalm 91, but I'm going to be looking at verse 4 specifically. But we're going to read verses 1 through 3. Is that okay? Guys, on this side, you okay? Is that okay if I read all four verses? Awesome. <laughs> all right, so look at verse 1. We, uh, verse 1 says this. I never get tired of reading this. Everybody got it? Psalm 91. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Ah, oh, come on. I love that. I never get, and you know what I'll do is I'll go to a different version to see, my, see what it says. I'm like, oh, man. And then I'll go to another version to go, oh, my gosh. Wow, God. They, I never get tired of reading this. Verse 2 says, I will say of the Lord. The way this is written, we think the author might be David or Moses. But when he said that in the original language, he was saying, I will say of the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. This is it right here. His faithfulness, this is verse 4. This is the real solid part of the, the verse. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. That is it right there. We talk about the faithfulness of God. And last week we talked about trusting in the Lord. And one of my, one of my favorite things about uh, who God is, this is not what he does, it's who he is. One of my favorite things about God is that he's faithful. And we read all throughout the Old Testament, all the way through the New Testament, and we see a theme that's constant over and over and over and over and over again. God's faithfulness. And to me, I, I define God's faithfulness as he said he was going to do it. He's going to do it. <laughs> Nothing fancy. He said he was going to do it. He's going to do it. That's God's faith. And maybe that might be a little too oversimplistic for some of you. But, I mean, that's it. He said he was going to do it. So if he said he's going to do it and we believe that he's going to do it, why am I worried? Why am I panicky? But we see this theme about God's faithfulness all throughout the Bible, and I love it. Because we see the theme repeated over and over and over again. And then the next story, we see he repeated over and over. And some of these people weren't doing the right thing, but God still was faithful. Which the Bible tells us that even when we're not faithful, God is faithful. Over and over. And if we were to write another book, or, or maybe put it in the... I'm not adding anything to the Bible. Or maybe just kind of add it to the Bible. Every single one of our stories. Like imagine we said, hey, you have 10 pages to fill with God's faithfulness. Maybe you could use 20. Maybe you could, and, and that would be a volume of, in and of itself with the same theme that God is faithful. He said he was going to do it. He's going to do it. 
over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. God is faithful. That's it. So what keeps me clear and focused is using God's faithfulness as my weapon. A weapon dismantles, right? In Book of Colossians, in Book of Colossians chapter three, tells us that the, the cross took away the power of the enemy. It means the enemy has no weapons. You gotta think about that. That's what Colossians says. The Colossians three says his weapons have been taken away from him. So if he t- if his weapons have been taken away from him, what does he have? The only thing he has is lying. He lies, and if he can get you to be convinced about what he's saying, that's his weapon. No, actually, the enemy's weapon is me believing him. (laughs) That's his only weapon. So if I don't believe him, but believe in the truth of God's word, the enemy is powerless over me because of what the cross of Jesus Christ. So a weapon dismantles, all right? And so when we look at this passage here, God's faithfulness will protect you. One version says God's faithfulness will protect you. And these verses bring great encouragement now. So when it uses the word Lord in this context, it uses the word God. We're talking about Yahweh, all right? And God has multiple names to really bring out the nuance of what he wants to do in your life. So for instance, if I say God is your provider, you would say Jehovah. Some of you have all those names memorized and I'm like, man, you're good. I'm not really good at memorizing. Sometimes I know the scripture, but I'm like, I have to, Google helps me or Siri. Hey, Siri. Siri, this sometimes, I notice Siri's kind of been anti-Bible because I'll say, hey, Siri, tell me, tell me where taste and see what the Lord is good. And I'm sorry, I can't help you with that. So I have to find out. <laughs> Psalm 34, 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I love that because it has two different senses. Because when you eat something, when you eat, like, I don't know, like when you eat a steak, come on, somebody help me out. All right, because when, I'm sorry, because when you eat a piece of broccoli, <laughs> when you eat a steak, you, the, the, it hits your senses, but it hits solely your, your, your taste, your sense of taste. But here in Psalm 34, 8 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. So there's going to be visible evidence on your life of God's faithfulness. You're going to see it, and when you see it, Chances are you're going to say, wow. And wow spelled backwards is? Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man or woman that trusts in him. So this Yahweh, now back to Yahweh. Yahweh is Lord who keeps his, God who keeps his covenant. So basically what we're saying is Yahweh is, he wrote it and he's going to stand by it. And he's going to stand by his word. That's God, that's God of covenant. That stuff doesn't faze me. I'm moving on here. <laughs> God of covenant means that he keeps his word in your life. So again, back to if everyone were to write some pages about the faithfulness of God, it would be filled of volume and, and pages of God's goodness on your life. The last thing that God has done in your life, we would start from there. And so when we see God's faithfulness, God's faithfulness keeps me because I reference what he just did for me yesterday. And then I have faith enough for me to believe in him, what he's going to do tomorrow. So God's response and expression to me is faithfulness. My expression back to him is faith. And the imagery that we literally get here when we read in the King James, the King James version is great. It says his truth 
shall be your shield and buckler. So the NIV says faith, his, his faithfulness, the King James says truth. It's interesting how those two words are the same. In the context, his truth will be your shield and buckler. Now, first time I read buckler, I think in my mind, oh, buckler, belt buckle, belt of truth. Sounds cool, doesn't it? But that's not what it's talking about. Because <laughs> in, in the original Hebrew, buckler literally meant was plates of shields that overlapped all over your body. So not only did you have your shield in front of you, a four-foot shield that you actually used in front of you, but you had plates of shield all around you to protect you. So literally what this means is that God's faithfulness shields me from everything that comes at me on all directions. I don't even, God's faithfulness does not afford me a blind spot. I don't have a blind spot because God sees what's coming my way because the Bible says no weapon formed against me will prosper. And every tongue that refute, every tongue that rises up against me, I will refute in Jesus' name. But why is it necessary to see God's faithfulness as a weapon? The truth. Because when we look at this here, verse and verse 5, I'll give you an example in context. Verse 5, he, he, he says, I shall not fear. And sometimes, see, what he was saying, what the author, Moses or David, was actually saying, he wasn't going through these motions and reading and writing this because th- good things were going on in his life. In fact, it's, when you read the scripture, it looks like he was in a battle, which he was in a physical, he was in a literal emotional battle. But what he was doing here is he was declaring the truth. He was saying, my God, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. So in context, he's making this declaration, I am not afraid. And I'll tell you, sometimes I'll make that declaration, I am not afraid, and I'm actually afraid. Sometimes I, I says, thank you, Lord, I am healed in Jesus' name, but my body's in pain. Thank you, God, for my peace, but I'm filled with anxiety. Thank you, Lord, I, I am not afraid, but I'm actually afraid. So sometimes what needs to happen is I just need to repeat to myself what I struggle to believe. I'm not saying these things because I'm actually living it. I'm just trying to push my belief system that's in my heart through my lips. Be careful what you speak because there's life and death in the power of the tongue. And what you say might come and visit you. <laughs> I know it's flu season. and what be? I know I'm going to get it. Stop saying that. Even joking around, oh, cough, COVID, ha ha. Don't even say that. So the author of Psalm 91 was basically, he was afraid for his life. He was saying, I will not fear. I am not afraid. The Lord is, the Lord is my refuge. I, I, he is my tower. He's keeping me safe. What he was trying to do is, was prevent the, what the outside world entering the inside world. And this is what we have to do. There's going to be times where the outside world does not agree with the inside world. Like now. <laughs> like current events. But this does not stop our declaration of truth. I am not afraid. And the author uses these terms. He's in a battle for his life. And he's making these declarations. And it's necessary for us to see God's faithfulness as a shield, as a weapon. Why is it necessary? Because you and I have to create 
a place in our lives, in our hearts, in our minds. We have to create this place where it is impenetrable to fear, where it's impenetrable to anxiety, where, where it's impenetrable to danger, where it's impenetrable to toxic thoughts, where it's impenetrable to depression and sadness. So what we have to do is to see God's faithfulness as our literal armor to protect us. Now, some of you here have not been protected. You've allowed, you become victim to your own toxic thoughts. And you know what? It's, I tell you what, the, I asked a friend of mine who's a pastor, I'm like, hey, in the middle of this pandemic, hey, how are you doing to us? I'm doing wonderful. I'm like, what, dude, what's your secret? How you doing? I'm, well, you know, I'm not doing good because, you know, I have to be in my house and the doors, and I'm a homeschool parent now, and <laughs> I haven't done math in a couple of minutes, and, and just, I see fractions. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know how much coffee I drank during this pandemic? It's, it's like, so what do we have to do? We have to not convince ourselves, not convince ourselves Oh, I know I'm going to make it. I'm going to convince myself that I'm going to brush through this. And I'm, and I'm an overcomer. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus because of who God is and whose I am. And i got to protect my mind and my heart. And here's the deal. We have the edge. And it's our edge that keeps us off the ledge. This is what Deuteronomy 7.9 says. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. And I love, I love how this is sectioned off. And, and the, it, it's like so, it's trying to convince us of something. It, it's like, it's, it, it's kind of strange because it's know that the Lord your God is God. It's like saying, um, hey, I just want to let you know, Linda, this is Linda. This is Linda. This is Linda. This is Linda. This is what it's actually saying. Know that the Lord, your God, is God, all capital L, all capital G. And what they're trying to do is reinforce that God is Lord who keeps his covenant. He is Yahweh. He was the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's never going to change. And he will come through for you time and time again. And he holds his word above his very name. So we move on. And again, so repetitive. Know the Lord your God is God, the faithful God just in case you didn't get the message the first time, who keeps covenant again and steadfast love with those who love him and keeps his commandments. And there's that phrase again, because we learned this phrase last week, to a thousand generations. One generation is 30 years. 30 times a thousand is 30,000 years. Man, you're covered. You're, you are covered, James, for a long, long time. This is it, the, the favor of God. So why do I have to see? This is, for me, maybe, maybe you're a, a, a step ahead of me. I need to see God's faithfulness as something that protects me. Not from the enemy, from me. The cross gave me victory over the enemy. It's me I got to work on. It's, it's the outside messages that come and invade our thought process. God is God. And Psalm 91 is really a rehearsal a review, a reminder. How many of you know that sometimes you just got to reread and read it? And I know I read Psalm 91 a thousand times, but let me read it again because I got to soak in the promises of God and I got to have the promises of God soak in me. That God is faithful. He doesn't give up. He doesn't quit. He does. He's going to do. You know what he said he's going to do? He's going to do. And so this is why when we pray the way we pray for healing 
and things like that. You know, there was a season there where uh, years ago where we would pray for multiple people and they were dying. I was like, man, God, it's like, oh, pastor, come to the hospital and pray for somebody. I'm like, maybe you got to ask somebody else. And I had this conversation with somebody. I'm like, it's, it's, well, first of all, it's not my fault. I mean, maybe it was just their time. But it's like, we pray what we pray because God tells us to pray we pray. If, so, if you're going into surgery, pastor, pray that God God's the hand of the surgeon. I'm not praying that prayer. That's not in the Bible. I'm not praying that God God's the hand of the surgeon. Oh, God is usually, God, you be the surgeon's hand. I'm going to pray that you get healing. Because that's what the word, he is faithful to his word, and that's exactly what we're going to pray. When look, look at verses 1 and 2. I love the way this is just sketched out, the author of this chapter. It says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. So two words, dwell and rest. Now, don't, don't, think, of rest as a, don't think of rest as a word, of, oh, I'm going to rest now and, and go to sleep. Rest is an outcome of your decisions. So rest can actually be unrest. Rest can be the promised land or it can be wandering in the desert. For the nation of Israel, for 40 years, that was their rest. So some of you, your outcome of your decisions is unrest. Here the author is saying, wherever you're dwelling, that's where your rest is going to be. John chapter 1 verse 1 says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He, he, this is where he rested for 33 and a half years. So wherever your mind is dwelling on, that's where your life is going to be. So if you're filled with anxiety and you're very panicky, and there was a lady that I spoke to years ago when we lived in New York. She was just very, very panicky. Just very, and, and, and this is literally, she's talking like this, and literally I said to her, I said, Stop. And she went, wow, pastor, thank you so much. Just turn to your neighbor and say, stop it. Now say it like this, oh, stop it. Just like, it's a, wherever your mind is dwelling, that's where you're going to be at rest. This, the author here says, whoever dwells in the shelter a safe place of the Most High, God will rest in the shadow. God is so powerful, if you catch his shadow, you're good. And then he says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I will trust. So again, a weapon is something that dismantles. A weapon is something that takes things apart. It stops the offense. It brings down things. It brings damage down. So when he says, I will say of the Lord, what the author was trying to do is convince himself, I, sometimes I'm not doing well, and I just got to declare the words of the Lord in my life. And what the word of the Lord of my life begins to do, because it cuts like it's sharp, sharper than any two-edged sword. The author here was saying, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in whom I will trust. He wasn't saying it as a statement of faith. He was saying it as a statement of desperation. Because sometimes desperation looks like faith. And there are times where God takes my desperation and says, I translate that and I'll take that as faith. So it begins to ha- what begins to happen is you find yourself in these places, and maybe you know what I'm talking about, maybe you don't. In the funk where you're like, oh, just 
Give me a Ben and Jerry's ice cream and leave me alone. <laughs> One person, I see your hand. Tell the truth, shame the devil. Two people, God's going to bless you for being honest. And this is where he was at, like a place of desperation. I'm like, he says, it wasn't a statement of faith. It was a statement of God, I'm going to say this, and I hope you're, near, I hope you're there. <laughs> I'm going to say this. I'm going to think. See, the belief system is, is not expressed unless you express it through your lips. If you just keep it in your mind and you keep it in your heart, don't do anything until it comes from your life, very life, and through your very lips, and you begin to lay seed by what you speak. Because there's life and death in the power of the tongue. So what he was saying is, I will say of the Lord. That declaration is a confession now. A weapon dismantles. And in your confession of faith, in my confession of faith, that God, you have been faithful. You are dismantling every argument, every pretense, every weapon, every thought, every demonic word that comes your way. God, you are faithful in my life. He said what he's going to do, and he's going to do what he said. And some of you have allowed God's faithfulness to be a clumsy, rarely used weapon. You're just trying to hold up. I'm just trying to, you don't, you don't have to hold up your shield. Just begin declaring the goodness of the Lord in your life. You know how many times that we use God's faithfulness as a weapon in our lives time and time over and over and over, 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 and over again. Time and time again, God has come through for us. That's God's faithfulness. And maybe you're at a point in your life where you're like, I don't know what's going to happen. And sometimes that's okay not knowing what's coming. But you do know that God is faithful. So let's fill in the blank. I will say of the Lord... He is my. Yeah. Everything you need, he is. So for me, I will say of the Lord, he is my healer. Well, Pastor Tony, you haven't been healed. Exactly. Well, Pastor Tony, I'm about to take on a third job. Well, don't yet until you begin that confession. I will save the Lord. He is my provider. Come on. You know how a revelation of God being a provider happens? Not when you're sit, sitting under, on your bed be, uh, saying nothing. You begin to declare the goodness and the work of the Lord, that God is faithful. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. To begin to declare those things as that, though, uh, those that are not as though they are. To begin saying, God, you are my healer. How many times in our lives, in my wife and I, life, we like, God, you've been faithful. You've been faithful in our giving. You've been faithful in our finances. You've been faithful in, our, in healing our bodies. You've been faithful with our children. There have been times, more than one or two times, where we have said, God, I don't know what in the world's going to happen, but you are faithful. It was one time, one of our children was, was uh, uh, um, and what they, uh, uh, miscarried. Our middle child, Zoe, 12 years old, she, my wife miscarried her. Checked a heartbeat, no heartbeat. And we said, God, now I was angry. My wife was angry. I was sad. I was disappointed and bitter. But yet we declared. <laughs> God can handle your emotions. Well, Pastor God, I'm angry at God, but I don't want to tell him. Well, it's too late. You know what I love about God? 
is he gets all my emotions. He balls it up, redeems it, mixes it around, adds a couple of things. He goes, yep, this is faith. We'll take it. <laughs> and we were speaking in tongues. We laid her, our hands on her womb. The doctor said, sorry, there's no heartbeat. And we were like, shut up, Baba. I was, I was speaking in tongues, not out of faith. I was speaking in tongues out of anger. I don't know if that's a, God, God gets me. God gets me. Sometimes you may look at me like I'm crazy, but God gets me. And we say, there's life. God, you are faithful to life. You are faithful to health. And that's what we declare in that womb. God, I will say of the Lord, he is my healer. He is my provider. He is my, sometimes he's my sanity. Sometimes I feel like it's God who literally keeps me out of Butler. Is that okay to say? No, I'm saying sometimes I'm like, God, I feel like I'm going crazy. I know some of you are like, we're going to go to another church. I'm just be honest, but God is faithful. Never gives up. Somebody else may have given up on you. Ever. So what is the next in your storybook? The over and over and over and over again storybook. What's your next page look like? Make sure you include, I will say of the Lord, He is my, He's my strength, He's my deliverer, He's my healer, He's my peace, He's my savior, He's my king, He's my Jesus, He's my father, He's my dad. Make sure you put that confession in. Make sure that page begins with that confession Starts with that, somewhere throughout the middle is weaved in. Somewhere in the middle, I will not be afraid. You repeat those things that God is what you need. And watch God do something incredible in your life. So whatever that, I will say of the Lord, He is my, and I will continue to confess that. Well, Pastor, I've been praying for this thing in my life for 20 years. Okay. I will save the Lord. He is my healer. And for those of you who've been believing God for a healing for 20 years, some of you have just stopped. If you need a healing in your body, come to the altar. You stopped coming. Because somewhere along the line, somebody gave you permission to stop believing based on your disappointments in God. And you've adjusted your theology to match your disappointments. And you're getting an amen from the enemy, but God is like, hello. It might be the fact that that's the only thing keeping you from walking away from the Lord, that very thing that you need. God's like, I enjoy the fellowship too much. Can going to hold off another couple of minutes? <laughs> so whatever it is in your life, that confession, I will say of the Lord, He is my... What is it? Let's hear it. Peace, provider, protector, comfort, counsel, everything. And then you realize all these things that you ask for, He's got a name for? And it's not what he does. Who he is. He's coming. He came as the prince of peace. Hmm. Oh, we're panicking. I think we're, we're filled with too much worry, ladies and gentlemen. I confess that I'm filled with too much worry. 
too much. I'm not sure, God. I need to bathe myself and soak myself in this weapon that I'm protected on all sides. My mind is protected. God is faithful. Jesus, thank you, God. We bless you, Lord. You specialize in the impossible. You specialize, oh God. You specialize in scenarios that make us desperate. God shows off. He does. And the cross makes it possible for you to be completely covered by the glory of God, the, the peace of God that passes all understanding. How many of you, somewhere three quarters down, two thirds down into my sermon, I felt the real heaviness of anxiety. Like, and I feel it. Every time I feel it, I'm going to tell you what I feel. I'm feeling essentially what you feel. And for some reason, I'm, I'm super sensitive when I'm around people that are heavy with anxiety. I didn't ask for it. <laughs> I didn't say, Lord, give me that gift. It's just like, I'm like, and when I feel it, I'm like, there's someone in the house that um, you're just filled with a lot of anxiety. And it's basically vacuuming out peace. Anything good is just sucked out. It's like being in 30,000 feet in the air and you open up a window and everything just gets vacuumed out the window. Anything good just gets sucked out the window. You close the window and you have left is just panic and sheer anxiety. And God, here's the deal. It's not so much God healing you as much as you saying, okay, God, let me just reset here. You're my peace. Thank you for peace. You're not going to ask for peace because God's saying, dude, I just sent my son, I sent my son Jesus. Maybe he says dude, but I sent my son Jesus to be your peace. You're asking me for deliverance from peace? Jesus lives inside of you. 2 Peter 1.3 says you have everything you need for life and living to live a godly life according to your knowledge of him. Peace. So if that's you, I just want to let you know you have peace. Shalom. Peace. Got it. Prince of Peace is taking residence in you. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, Jesus is coming back very soon. I just want to let you know, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, now is the time. The Bible says now is the day of salvation. And I want to make sure that you have that sense of understanding that Jesus is Lord and you're surrendering your life to him today. If that's you, I want to pray for you. All right? And you could just repeat this prayer after me, if this is you. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I believe in you. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. Clean my heart so it take away my shame and guilt and overwhelming anxiety. Help me not to beat myself up. My Lord. Thank you for listening. Tony Paolo is the lead pastor of Restoration Church. If you would like more information, go to restorationchurchri.com.